Recording live from the Hoban Law Group here in Denver, Colorado, I'm your host, Eric Singular. We're sitting alongside president and founder of the Hoban Law Group, Bob Hoban. Today, we are talking about venture capital opportunity in a down market, and we are joined by Brett Finkelstein, a former managing partner of Fido Partners. Brett, thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. And Brett, being... uh, being down in Florida, will you give us a sense of how you have been affected by the coronavirus? Well, I think, you know, we've all been affected in different ways in different parts of the country. You know, for us um, here in Florida, how it pertains to cannabis, we're fully medical-only state vertically integrated. So if you're a license holder, you're dispensing, processing, and cultivating, there's been, you know, a bit of a slowdown on, you know, kind of on the working side and getting processes through. Lab testing is kind of a bottleneck. Uh, finding customers, uh, 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 workers, kind of, uh, some of them been furloughed. But, you know, the market on a whole has been robust. Um, a lot of those companies are public companies, MSOs, so they operate in other states. So if they're kind of maybe feeling a pinch on on economics in Florida, then maybe they make it up in other legal states. But most, all in all, I you know I would say that I'm fortunate to live in a nice weather area that is very suburban where I live, and most of Florida, other than cities like Miami, up north, maybe in Jacksonville, Daytona, Tallahassee. Down here in Fort Lauderdale, but South Florida, I believe, um, we're faring pretty well. We're not under any uh, stay-at-home by the governors yet, but I think that might be coming if uh, you know enough people kind of trying to get vigilant and work um, at home anyway. But all in all, I, I would say that we're in a good place here. Oh, that's what's important. You know, Brett, given your background, I uh, I wanted to pose this to you. There's a lot of talk right now about the stock market bottoming out, and I'm wondering if you could just share kind of what that means. What does that look like? Well, I think, you know, the world as we know it are upside down these days, and I don't know if I or other people know how to make sense of the investing public. Um, I don't know if anyone can kind of pick the bottom or the top, you know, it kind of relates and we want to draw it back to the cannabis market. And I would say we're, we have on our own a cannabis economy. Um, I originally and still kind of have the thesis that a lot of what goes on in the cannabis economy is uncorrelated to what goes on in the markets. If it's another sector like, you know, aviation, media, telecom, oil and gas, it really I believe and other people believe in the fund world that it is uncorrelated. Um, but we're seeing kind of, you know, companies that are in the public markets, cannabis and non-cannabis make um, lower lows each day. You know, some sectors outweigh the others. You know, liquidity is helping from the Fed, you know, real estate, zero loan, interest loans. All in all, I would say, you know, kind of, you know, the real, you know, the answer is I don't think anyone can pick the bottom or, you know, pick the top. It looks like we kind of level out, you know, kind of by the end of the week sometimes and markets rally in certain sectors. Um, 
but you know, I'm bullish on 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 the investing sector of cannabis, and I'm bullish that you know the economy just has a new normal at this point. And Brett, you 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 point out that it's the cannabis economy is oftentimes disconnected to the economy as a whole, and that's certainly how uh, we've experienced this over the ten plus years that we've worked in this space, in the sense that. During the you know greatest recession we had seen perhaps until now, uh, uh, ten years ago, eight to twelve years ago, in that range, um, people began to invest in the green rush, despite the fact that development was down, investments were down, the yeah. stock market was down, so forth and so on. Uh, how can an industry exist so independent from mainstream finance? And 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 to your point, is that is that the course we're on right now? I, I don't. I, I don't think that it could. I, I think that you know, if you kind of look at the macroeconomics of any economy, this is just one asset class. That's kind of how I look at it. And when we launched Fido Partners back in 2015, where I was a co-founder and uh, managing partner, we looked at it as a new asset class, really uncorrelated. To the market, I, I do believe that that somehow it is correlated because certainly in tougher times, when the investing public would look at cannabis as an alternative asset, as a way to lean into something that might be have a little more risk. You know, certainly on the legality side, it's you know still federally legal, but maybe obviously the risk would 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 you know bring bigger rewards. But I think when times get like this, um, there are bargains in let's say you know, non-cannabis companies that a people might flock into that were, you know, 20% higher a month ago or, or 30% higher a month ago or, or, or 10 to 15% higher a week ago. It looks like a bargain now. So I think that a lot of the cannabis companies might lack liquidity um, based on maybe expanding too fast. A lot of money was poured into the marketplace in the last five years. And as you know, Bob, and you've been doing it a lot longer than most people, a lot of money came into it. A lot of companies really didn't get operational or functional. They got wide in certain states if you're on the cultivation side, um, but not really deep. So I think the companies that really didn't get functional and operational are going to have a tough time kind of digging out from under this if they don't have uh, a good balance sheet and cash. I think cash is, you know, going to be, you know, really was always overlooked. I think in this go-go years of cannabis as this new asset class looked at a trajectory like the internet media, that money was really falling on from trees. I think now we're in a Darwinian uh, time, not only because of what's going on in the world with COVID-19, but just a Darwinian time in cannabis that the strong will survive. Companies are going to, you know, use more growth capital. What we were doing at FIDO, um, was mostly investing in the ancillary businesses. So we kind of, we were, we were insulated by the supply and demand and interstate commerce of cultivating and dispensing cannabis. And a lot of the companies that we did invest in were getting follow-on investments from companies and hedge funds and mutual funds that were not adverse to investing in a vice industry and didn't have covenants to invest in federally legal ventures. But I think now, you know, in the time that we're in, um, the public market, you know, is down 30 to 40 percent from 2018 to 2019. The last, you know, month from you know, from the beginning of January, I think we're down, you know, in a blended rate. If you kind of blend all the cannabis companies together, you know, 40 um, percent. 
I don't know if we're at a bottom. I hope we are because um, I think it's going to be a tough time. And companies that were, you know, kind of screaming buys, let's say, um, you know, one month ago were even better now. Um, and um, I, I hope they'll, you know, kind of bounce back and surge again. So, so as lawyers, we always say ambiguity creates opportunity. In this scenario, I think crisis creates opportunity. Uh, and as you look at what opportunities might exist, can you explain to our listeners how, you know, there's this notion that, oh, the stock market continues to fall, uh, that this is going to create a lot of opportunity in oh, two to four weeks. You know, I'm not pinning it down to a specific time frame, but if you look at this and you, you begin to just put – your dollars, your cash into the stock market at a certain point in time, that that's naturally going to create a bunch of additional cash and wealth that will ultimately be invested in the industry. Can you explain to, to, uh, to our, our listeners what that means and what you see as the opportunity there? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's more than kind of a bounce here, as they say. I think there'll be gains ahead. Um, I think if you kind of look at kind of this time as a baseline, um, when when stocks in the cannabis space have declined, um, certainly from a peak even a year ago, but certainly in the last month, um, I think there's going to be you know a lot of opportunity and spike in sales um, for cannabis. And I think we you know we, we see spike in sales now in cannabis in, in some markets, and the data is coming out that you know um, sales are kind of pretty br- robust in the last couple of weeks, um, which is going to look at you know kind of the industry like a number that we expected it to happen in certain states kind of getting into themselves. But I also think, you know, on, on a, a macro view that this is this alternative asset class. And I would hope that in crisis like this um, does breed opportunity, as they say, when there's blood on the street, but also from a legislation point of view. And I think, you know, Bob, you would be more in tune with this kind of to weigh in and we could have uh, a banter about this is that, you know, hopefully that, um, the government would look at cannabis in a different light and start looking at it for tax revenue and job growth and open up more sources of banking to these companies that we shouldn't be on an island. It should be fit into this economy. And the cannabis economy could lean into, let's say, the mainstream economy. And there will be job creation. There will be you know, asset creation and banks could lend money to companies that need money and just look at it as any any CPG business or commodity business and hopefully they'll understand that we can't kind of tax people the way they are, open up the banking system, lend money and hopefully you know understand that this is a vital need in, in the industry and not in the industry but in the world um, certainly in the medicinal world and especially helping people cope with increased anxiety and trouble sleeping and there's going to be people that have symptoms from COVID-19. There's going to be people that um, in medical states that are going to get PTSD based on what's going on in the world right now. And medical cannabis is, will be an alternative to treat these things. Well, and that kind of brings up an interesting point, which is right now, HSA, FSA, certain healthcare providers, there is no access to cannabis through those avenues. I'm wondering, what is the feasibility in your opinion, of a, a cannabis business bailout as it relates to this trillion-dollar stimulus package that's currently in front of Congress? Is that something that is even possible? There's clearly uh, obstacles in there around that, but but interested in your thoughts on that, Brett. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think that it's really you know I don't think we're there yet. I think a lot of things got to happen to the industry before that happens. Um, but you know we're only talking about the U.S. cannabis market at this point. You know, Canadian has a federally legal market, and I don't know kind of where the government um, looks at that. You know, kind of the government was really really in tune, and maybe for lack of a better word, partners with some of these growers. Um, they're going also need bailouts. You know, they have a, a lot of capacity and not really a lot of demand right now because of certainly price dropping competition as well as what's going on in the world. But I don't think that um, in, 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 in short term that the government will kind of help bail out this industry. Obviously, I think it could bail out a lot of industries that would um, that kind of lean into cannabis. You know, there's, there's hydroponic companies, there's lighting companies, there's nutrient companies, there's larger companies like a Scott's Miracle Grow that kind of, you know, op- operates in the mainstream and one of the biggest players in, in the cannabis economy today. I don't know how they're going to look at what's going on in kind of the other industry in certain states. This is not federal or legal. How do you kind of, I think it more would have to be state by state, but I don't kind of see it happening in, in the short term. Bob, I'm wondering... going to be a problem. I'm wondering, uh, for our listeners who aren't super familiar with cannabis investment, as you bring up, Brett, Canada has been a major player here. This is where the primary source of investment has come from and, and flown through. And Bob, will you just give us a snapshot of what cannabis investment from Canada has looked like? Well, we've seen for the better part of the last three years uh, a significant, significant amount of capital invested by and through the Canadian public markets, the Toronto Exchange and the Canadian Exchange overall. Uh, and that has created scenarios where you've had these, quote-unquote, cannabis bohemoths grow out of nowhere. Canopy Growth, Afria, Tilray, so forth and so on. These companies have amassed enormous amounts of capital through the public markets. And accordingly, they, they, they've kind of blown through all of that capital as well. Uh, some would say they spent it like drunken sailors. But at the end of the day, the valuations that were being attributed by and through those Canadian companies for assets that they were to acquire, these valuations were off the charts. But it was not unlike any other sort of bubble. Uh, this happened in the tech boom in the 90s. This, this is not the first time these things have happened. Plus, those Canadian markets are uniquely built for speculative industries. This is not the first time that the Canadians have use their public markets to invest. It was a perfect storm of legalization coupled with public markets that were built for these types of speculative environments, coupled with the fact that we didn't have legal uh, cannabis in the United States. So all of these things worked together at the same time that this was going uh, global to create a bunch of companies that wanted to procure assets. They procured assets all over the world and overspent sometimes 10 and 20 times more than they, what they would have spent on things. And now the industry is trying to react to the fact that, oh, my company's worth $50 million. No, well, no, it's not. It's worth $5 million. You've never generated more than $600,000 in profit. And if your projections come true, you'll be worth $5 million in three years. But I was worth $50 million yesterday. Those things uh, have created a lot of um, disruption in the industry. It's created a lot of 
uh, uh, cognitive dissonance in terms of, you know, what is reality versus what can people expect. So that's led us in large part to where we are today. But now we've sort of focused on businesses that can actually have a solid business plan, basic business fundamentals. Does it generate money? Can it generate money? Does it have the right people in the right places to attract capital, whether that's public or private dollars, because of its leadership and expertise in the industry? And it remains to be seen whether we were going to weather that storm altogether, let alone you throw in a, a, a global pandemic into the mix and it interrupts things even further. You know, and as I think about corporate leadership and having to adjust in that marketplace, Brett, you and I have talked a lot, particularly recently, about organizational structure and leadership. What is a board of directors supposed to do? What is a, a C-suite or an executive team supposed to do? Given the fact that we're not just navigating through those complexities of my business used to be worth $50 million, now it's worth you know a fraction of that throw in a, a, a pandemic into the mix, what is corporate or business leadership uh, supposed to do in light of this? How do you, how do you react in this environment? Right. right. You know, I think you hit on a lot. I think the Canadian market as being in the space, as long as both of us have, everyone kind of understood that it was a bubble trading on kind of um, the seduction of cannabis um, as a new after class really for no rhyme or reason. You know, if you look at the drill down on and kind of put it in a bucket of CPG products and, you know, Canadian stocks would trade on assumed capacity and patient count and if they sold as many grams that they could produce and the way they do their accounting. And I think now when the, even before this pandemic and in the last year when we saw the kind of stocks kind of come in and come down to 20 to 30 percent or they're higher, even higher than that, people would understand and say, well, this is kind of where they should have traded. They were always trading on this seduction and passion of cannabis and people with their wide eyes looking at this as an asset class. Now really the rubber hit the road and we say, now it's time, as you just alluded to, Bob, that real leadership, you know, some real differentiated product mix, revenues are going to matter. And as I say to other people in the industry, and I and I speak at conferences as you do, Bob, as well, fundamentals are going to matter in this industry. And now I think more than ever, fundamentals are going to be paramount. And fundamentals might be anything from leadership to differentiated products, some sort of IP, lead in the industry, sales funnel, great corporate culture, um, and certainly at this point, enough capital that's going to last out the hard times. Well, I think that's <clears throat> that's the nail on the head, and I think what you what you touch on, and what we've been talking about today is that there is going to likely be consolidation. There's going to be mergers and acquisitions as a result of this economic downturn. I'm wondering, aside from cash, which you had mentioned, how does a cannabis business look attractive to investors at this time? What do you do? to try to attract investment. Well, I'd, I'd throw one more thing into there, but before you take that is you've always sort of looked at cannabis investing from, a, from multiple different perspectives. You looked at things that were tech-based, that were uh, sort of service-based perhaps, uh, using the media. There's a variety of investments that Fido Partners under your leadership had gone down the road of looking at closely and investing in. Um, to, to Eric's point, what 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 makes this industry look attractive? Uh, I guess the, another way to ask the question is: If you're an investor, you know, 
particularly looking at things other than maybe direct investments into multi-state operator systems and dispensary systems and cultivation systems? What's attractive? What's attractive now, uh, and how's the market going to shape that? Yeah, well, I think I, I hit on it, alluded to it a little. I think for us it's going to, um, at FIDO, when I was there and, you know, kind of the same thesis would run through, um, it's going to be management, management, management. And that's going to be kind of start and stop of where we would look or where others would look. Um, also, you know, like I said, differentiating products, all the right pieces. You know, like a stellar board is going to help in these tough times. Um, the access to capital is going to be important. Um, I, I think there might be some sort of seismic shift to companies or investors looking at non-startups, especially in this tougher time. Um, maybe over the hurdle a little, a company that has proved out the model, has built a solid team, has hired the right people, has established good board and board governance, and understands that this business is going to take um, turns and, and kind of could weather the storm. And if you've been doing that a while, um, there's going to be plays in that market that are going to be debt, you know, credit transactions that are not diluted to shareholders. Um in five years, you know, from when we started Fido Partners and till now when I'm no longer doing a third fund there, I think that now people are using depressed and distressed as asset classes in cannabis in a subsector. And that never happened. It was always, you know, we're going to keep going harder, faster, figure things out if we really haven't had a button-down business plan and the money will follow. I think that is totally, totally gone out the window. The cash is really going to be tough to find. Um, and we're at Darwinian time and the strong will survive. Um, I would say, in, you know, there's going to be a lot of stress tests on financials. If things go bad, what is your contingent plan? Um, make adjustments to this new normal. You know, assume that we're here to stay. You know, I think companies are going to eliminate non-core assets, um, and look at customer behavior, look at um, retaining customers, uh, maybe not expanding as fast as possible when your business plan laid out growth over the next 24 to 48 months. I think all those things are going to be in consideration moving forward to this new normal where we are today. Yeah. Well, Brett, I think uh, I think you really nailed it. I think that focus on the fundamentals is, is going to be key here for business owners going forward. We really appreciate you taking the time today to join us. Uh, we can look forward to talking to you again. You yeah, absolutely, Brett. Thank you. Thanks again, Brett. Thanks, Stay guys. well. You too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hoban Minutes special series on coronavirus and cannabis. You can head on over to hoban.law for more information on this podcast or the Hoban Law Group. If you have any ideas for subjects that we should be covering or any questions you want to pose to, to Bob or myself, shoot us an email at media at hoban.law. And stay tuned for the next episode on this special series, Coronavirus and Cannabis. <laughs>